Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Monday, June the 28th, as we come off a, let's say, disappointing weekend in New York for the Phillies. You know, one of those, look, they came away with a split. It felt like at times it could be worse, but it certainly could have been better. And if you watch the games this weekend, you come away from this weekend saying it was a missed opportunity. It was a missed opportunity. The Phillies had a chance to walk out of New York with three or literally four wins. Like, they had a chance to sweep the series. And they didn't. They didn't come through. They they blow the first game, defense. They blow the third game, defense. They have a chance. They're winning against Jacob DeGrom, the first team this season to score more than one run against Jacob DeGrom. Of course it's the Philadelphia Phillies. And Eflin deals. And they still blow it in the ninth. Just a tough weekend. Again, look, they they don't lose any ground. They don't gain any ground. They come into today five games behind the Mets, one game behind the Nationals, tied with the Braves for third place in the NL East. And, you know, again, we'll go through the whole weekend, but, you know, it just, it's what we've talked about a lot with this team. It's a lot of missed opportunities. It's a lot of, you know... You know, you feel like for as bad as they played, they they should be worse than they are, and yet you can point to so many opportunities that they've had if they had just made a few plays in a particular game where where we'd be looking at this season in a very different light. And look, you know, it's a cliche. The the good teams find ways to win games is a, a total cliche, but... If you've listened to me at all over the years, you know that I'm a big cliches or cliches for a reason guy. Because good teams find ways to win games. And bad teams find ways to lose games. And I don't think the Phillies are a bad team, but they definitely find ways to lose games far more often than they find ways to win games. And at the end of the season, when we look back on it, we're going to be able to point to these types of games and say, if that had gone the other way, who knows, you know? So uh, just a frustrating weekend. Really, a lot of action over the weekend. Um, again, four games. Uh, both games of the doubleheader on Friday go to extra innings. One win, one loss. Then the Saturday Degrom game with some action. That one to get at Degrom. Then the Reese Hoskins presser. After we'll get to that, and then Sunday a, a nice bounce back victory. A, a absolutely necessary, must have bounce back victory yesterday. On Sunday, a 4-2 win, Zach Wheeler 
Zach wheeling it up when they needed him yet again. You know, coming off his worst outing of the season, his shortest outing of his career, only the you know the three runs, three innings, and uh, and really showed up yesterday for the Phillies. And and again, a a pretty much must win game for all intents and purposes. Again, it's silly to say must win, you know, without half the season done, but um, it, it felt like that. Certainly after the way they lost the Saturday game and the fact that you know they had lost two of three at the point coming into yesterday. And it really felt like they should have won all three. And, and that's why it's so frustrating. And it was so necessary that Zach Wheeler handled business and took care of it. There's a big week coming up for the Phils, too, because um, they, they are straight through to the All-Star break now. Um, so no days off. And there's a big week because this is your easier of the two weeks left till the All-Star break. Um, and not that it's that easy, but you got Cincinnati tonight in Cincinnati, that makeup game from that rainout. Um the Reds have a better record than the Phillies, but they're they're a beatable team. Then you face the Marlins, uh, who, you know, you're home for, and in general is the basement dweller of the NL East, literally and figuratively right now, but also, you know, we know the Marlins and we're the Phillies, so you can't count on anything. And then three at home against San Diego, because then you go for the the last seven all on the road before the All-Star breaker, four in Chicago against the Cubs and three in Boston, both first-place caliber teams this season. So um, it is a... Uh, it's a really important week of baseball for the Phillies, especially as the All-Star break approaches. And, and and with the idea of what we've talked about so many times, the fact that now it is it is June 28th, we are a month and three days away from the All-Star break. A month and three days till Dave Dombrowski has to decide, is this team worth investing in? Is this group of guys on the field for this season worth adding to? Worth potentially um, taking away from the future, not that, you know, I don't think they'll make any massive trades where they're giving up real deal prospects, but um, you know, is it worth it? And that's the the choice Dombrowski's going to have to make. And the way this team plays baseball over the next month and three days, month and two days, whatever you want to say, that's going to make a big imprint on what he decides to do. It's going to be the imprint on what he decides to do. So it is just a massive, massive couple weeks of baseball heading into the All Star break. Does the Phillies really need to find a way to get on some sort of a run? Harper said it. After the uh, horrible loss, the 13-12 loss, the Nats said this team needs to find a way to win 9-10 or something like that, and he's right. And he was right in that moment. He's right now, and you know, winning 2-4 over the weekend isn't enough. So this team really needs to find a way to go on a run here. Not expecting it, obviously. You know, We've talked enough. I'm not going to be like, oh, this is the run, because I don't believe that. But you know, now's the time. <laughs> now's the, they, they, they borderline have to, if they're going to do anything— Head in the all-star break with a little momentum. Find the way to creep themselves back in. I mean, they're five games back in the worst division in baseball. It's it's frustrating. We'll look at the standings later. Let's uh, let's dive into the weekend's action and and uh, recap again. What was uh, you know could have been a worse weekend, I suppose, but also just felt like a weekend of missed opportunities. And even Girardi said that, and Girardi did not have a good weekend either. But even Girardi said that on Sunday after the game, he said, you know, we won two, but it felt like we should have won four. We could have won four. And that's the way it felt to everyone. And that was what it was. They should have won four. They should have at least won three for sure. They won two. And that's obviously been a theme for this Phillies team, not winning the games they, they need to or, or have in hand. All right, let's start with Friday. Uh, game one, just a massive disappointment um, on, on many levels. First and foremost, Aaron Nola was just awesome. Uh, I mean, came out dealing Nola only ends up going five and a third. We'll get to that. I think I think Girardi pulled him too early, and a lot of people do, though he was starting to, to get into some trouble that inning. 
But uh, 12 strikeouts, including tying a major league record, Aaron Nola, 10 straight strikeouts consecutive, 10 consecutive Mets struck out by Nola, allows a uh, uh, walk and a double to start the game, and then strikes out 10 guys in a row. It was magical. It really was magical to watch. It was really exciting. Tom Seaver is the record holder, so it was a New York Met whose record he tied. So that was fun. They kept showing Seaver's retired number and, and flashing back. and all. It was just a fun moment for a Phillies team that has not had as many fun moments this season as we would like. It was a fun moment on, on Friday with Nola just going out and really having it. And tying the Major League record, it was a lot of fun to watch. Nola also, uh, the only one who showed up at the bat, too. The team had three hits in the game. Nola had two of them, including an RBI double, which made it one nothing. So Nola dealing one nothing, heading into the sixth inning, gets into some trouble. Girardi pulls him uh, at 99 pitches. Um, I didn't love it in the moment. Everyone else like hated it. It felt like it felt like my not loving it was actually a tame response. People were really angry, and I get it. Look, ninety nine pitches. He had just started to run into some trouble again for the first time since the first inning, really. And you know, look, it didn't kill him that inning. They brought in Jose Alvarado, who who got out of that inning. But then the next inning, Alvarado comes out and ends up blowing it. And granted, it's because of his own error, and we'll get to that. But but. You know, it's hard for guys to come into a big high leverage spot in one inning, get out of it, and then come back the next inning. You know, it's it's a tough spot to ask of your bullpen guys, and especially Alvarado's first game as the closer or whatever, which is funny because Hector Neris would end up set, saving the next game and then blowing the next one. The Phillies blew four leads in two days, unbelievably. Um, but Alvarado gets out of that, then blows it the next inning. Um and uh, it just felt like a mistake. I, I think a lot of people thought it was a mistake to remove Nolan in that spot, and I do too. I think Girardi was a little quick with the trigger there, but look, uh, one nothing game. I understand where he's coming from. You know, you got to win the game. And if he felt Nola was faltering, and look, ninety nine pitches isn't eighty nine or eighty pitches or whatever. You know, it's it's close to a hundred. It's right there. But I would have left my ace in there, let him finish it out, and then try and go with a clean inning for Alvarado in the uh, the top. That's what I would have done. He didn't. It cost them. Uh, you know, Alvarado gets out of that inning. Of course, the Phillies don't do anything offensively again. Three hits the whole game. Three hits the whole game. JT Romito had a hit. That's it. <laughs> Aaron Nola two hits JT. So the, so that's one issue. All right, you're going up against uh, you know a, a good pitcher. Don't get me wrong. Taiwan Walker is a very good pitcher, uh, and he goes five one run innings. But then the Mets bullpen shuts it down, and it's just you need more. You need more from your team offensively in that spot when Nola is dealing. Like get his back a little bit. Don't make him be the only one who drives a run. And ultimately, it costs them because they give up a run in the seventh. It comes at the expense of a Jose Alvarado error. A grounder back to Alvarado to start the inning throws it over Reese Hoskins' head, and the light seemed to play a role. It seemed like maybe Hoskins could have gotten it. Who knows? Um, but throws it over. A run ends up scoring, um, tying it. A uh, Francisco Lindor with a good weekend single. Scores a run. That makes it 1-1. One to one. We go to the 8th. The Phillies unable to convert in the top of the 8th. The Mets able to get to Ranger Suarez in the bottom 8th, which is crazy. You know, Ranger's been so good, but they do get to him. Walk it off. Walk off it. Just a bummer of a game. It really was. It was a real bummer of a game, this one, because, again, um, as much as any, it felt like a win. And it, and it didn't. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, everyone who's on Twitter or social media or whatever in this moment, it, all of these games going to the end is like, how are the Phillies going to blow it today? Because that's what it feels like. And it has, you know, this series was another reminder of what we've seen recently. And we've seen the numbers that, you know, 
Uh, I think they're up to 19 or 20 blown saves on the season. Um, the bullpen we thought was fixed is certainly not. I think we know that. They clearly don't have a closer. They don't have anyone you could trust in that role. Hector comes back, gets the save in the game we're about to talk about, then blew it again on Sunday. Excuse me, on Saturday. Um, so just, uh, you know, there's no one you can really trust in this pen. Like, no one comes in and you feel good. I mean, it was Ranger, and even then, you know, it's Ranger Suarez. I do think he's been great, and I feel a lot of confidence when he comes into games, but he's still not, you know, a, a you know, shutdown reliever. At least he needs to do it more. Um, but ultimately, a, um, a real disappointing loss um, in game one. And of course, see, that's what the Phillies do. They, they lose the Aaron Nola gem, then they win the Matt Moore game. Matt Moore starts game two, and, and hey, shout out to Matt Moore. We've, we've uh, rightfully so done a lot of ribbing of Matt Moore this season, and boy, has he deserved it, but Moore was awesome. Um, got a little help from an amazing uh, home run saving catch by McCutcheon in the second, leaps up, catches it, it's going over the wall. That was huge, really needed it. But Moore goes five shutout. Five shutout innings, three hits, one walk, two strikeouts. Really great outing, 73 pitches to cruise through five. You know, just an awesome job. Shout out to Matt Moore. They needed a, a big start there, and, and the race had them. Just kidding. The race had them yesterday. But Matt Moore really came through, and I'm, you know, I, I do I trust Matt Moore at all? No. Uh, do I feel good if he's starting a game? No, but, you know, five shutout. Lower to ZRA with the five shutout, now five, seven, nine. So give you an idea of how bad he's been. Uh, Phillies get this scoring start early in the sixth. Uh, excuse me, not early, late uh, in the sixth. It's a 0-0 game heading into the sixth. Bryce Harper, another Solo home run. It's unbelievable. 11 solo home runs this season. All 11. It's such a wild, ridiculous stat. But he hits one there. It's huge. one nothing. You're feeling great. You're feeling good. Connor Brogdon, clean inning. You head to the ninth. Archie Bradley's turn to try and shut one down. Archie can't do it. Archie fails. Able to get out of it. It looked like it was over. It was like bases loaded, no out. You're you're got a huge strikeout, and then they get a sack fly, and then he still gets out of it. So, look, it was huge because they do get it to the eighth. The Phillies manufacture a run in the eighth. Uh, uh, ground out moves the runner from second to third. Then Travis Jankowski scores on a Oduble ground out, two to one. And then, wouldn't you know it, the guy who got removed from the closer roll the day before, Hector Neris, in to save this one, a perfect eighth, bottom of the eighth, to shut it down. And, um, again, the offense not there. The Phillies, three hits in this one. So the Phillies have... Six total hits in a doubleheader. Uh, Harper with the homer in this one, and then Raphael Marshawn with two hits. So JT Romuto and Bryce Harper each had one hit in the whole doubleheader, and then no other Phillies regulars had a hit. Yeah, how about that? Raphael Marshawn has two hits. Aaron Nola has two hits. JT Bryce. A doubleheader. That was it. So while, you know, it is, you look at the game and you say, well, they should have won both. You can also look at it and say, well, they also... They also stunk offensively and probably didn't deserve any. The, the crazy thing is they got, of the four starts this weekend, between Nola, Moore, Wheeler, and Eflin, they only gave up one run. They're starting pitching. One run. Eflin gave up one run. And they only won two games. That's because the offense didn't show up either. And that's incredibly frustrating because this team just can't seem to put things together. All right, let's get to Saturday, which was definitely the most frustrating loss of them all. Um, even more than than the first game on Friday, four three loss. It's so frustrating because you, you you get to Degrom, you're beating Degrom again. The first team this season to score multiple runs off Degrom. They get one in the second. Nick Maton RBI single. 
The uh, Mets come right back and get one off Eflin to tie it up. Uh, Jose Peraza double. It's 1-1, and, and it stayed that way for a while till we get to the sixth inning, and the Phillies get a break. Uh, sacrifice fly uh, scores a run. It was you know an error in there. Harper was able to get to second on the throwing error. Um, ultimately, Oduble scores, but they can only get one there, and we head to the seventh. Hector Neris's chance to shut it down again, and he can't. Home run. Uh, excuse me, this is not Hector Neris. This is Ranger Suarez. Ranger Suarez's chance to shut it down can't. Hector Neris will blow it later. Uh, in this one, in the seventh, ends up uh, giving up a Kevin Pilar home run in the bottom of the seventh, tied 2-2. And uh, the Jacob DeGrom loss is gone. We go to extras. Nothing in the eighth. We get to the ninth. The Phillies, again, manufacture a run. Nick Maton, uh, sack fly. Maton with both RBI. Uh, two of the three RBI for the Phillies on the day. Um, and then we go to the bottom of the ninth. And uh, that was it. Shutting it down. Uh, this is not a doubleheader game. It's bottom of the seventh. Excuse me. Not the uh, doubleheader. I'm get so confused with these doubleheaders. Um, bottom of the ninth. Um, Hector gives up two. And that was it. Another walk-off. So two walk-offs in two days for the Mets, essentially. And again, this was one they had. Um, a lot of other frustrating parts of this game. Um, Harper gets hit by a DeGrom pitch in the leg. Harper would miss Sunday's game. Some swelling in the calf, apparently, is day-to-day. So we'll see that's not ideal. As we've talked about so many times, if this team is going to do anything, they need Bryce Harper to be Bryce Harper, and he has been starting to hit with some power more, starting to get going, and then another little nagging injury. Like, these things are just killers. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. But even more frustrating was the way the Phillies responded to this loss. Um, So the way they lose this one, and look, uh, Hector blew it, but ultimately the inning, it, it should have been a different story. The inning begins with a grounder to Hoskins, a scorcher to Hoskins, and he just drops it. Like, flat out drops it, runner on first, and then Hector would not get an out. Then Hector allowed the bases loaded, two-run score. He was just done, you know, or wouldn't get out for a few. Um, so it was incredibly frustrating to lose that game the way they did. You know, the, the another two nights in a row, the two losses you have, uh, Jose Alvarado error in the, in the, you know, extra innings, and then a Reese Hoskins error in the bottom of the ninth. And it was a flat-out error. Like, just dropped it. Like, has to get it. A major league first baseman has to make that play, but... Then Hoskins comes out after the game and opens his press conference by saying, quote unquote, I've got to make that play. I'm sure you're going to write about that. Don't forget to write about the great things today, too. We had a lead in the late innings on the road. Dude. I mean, talk about loser energy. Really? A lead in the late innings on the road? A team that's 10 games under 500 on the road? Are you kidding me? What an embarrassment. I can't believe those words left his mouth. He should be embarrassed. This is a guy who went into the season saying it's time for us to make the playoffs. No more excuses. We are a playoff caliber team. Let's go. And then you boot a ball in the ninth inning and the team ends up losing because of it. And you're like, we're right about the good stuff. Weak, man. That is so weak. We'll talk more about this tomorrow because we still have a game to react to and, and not enough time to get through it all. But like, man... It was just such a, a glimpse into the mentality of this team that that these guys would that any guy, particularly Reese, who's been here this whole time and has talked about making the playoffs and all that, would would have the gall, the gall to say, talk about the good things in a game we lost on the road because I booted a ball in the ninth inning. What? What? He should have been like, this is on me. I blew that. 
I'm killing myself over it. This is horrible. I feel terrible. What are you talking about right about the good things? Embarrassing. One of the loseriest quotes we've had all year from anybody. Like just a straight weak sauce quote. Like we don't have any toughness. Like I just, I'm, I'm so floored by that mentality of, of, yeah, I blew that game, but right about the good stuff. Like weak, man. It's so weak. I'm so disappointed in Reese. So disappointed in that quote, in that response, and I get it. You're frustrated. You just lost the game on the road. It's your fault. You played a big role in it. I get it. I do. But, man, he knows better. He's been in this league way too long. He's been on this team way too long to say something like that. It was really stupid. We will talk more about that tomorrow because I do think there is a, a important thing to note with the team and, and the mentality there. But we'll get that tomorrow. Uh, luckily, thank God, as mentioned, the Phillies win yesterday in, in a, again, a borderline must-win game. And... As he has all season, when they needed it, Zach Wheeler was there. Zach Wheeler goes seven shutout, eight strikeouts, four hits, two walks, no earned runs, no runs, period, and just, you know, gave them what they needed, man. Somehow Wheeler's only six and four. I don't know how that's possible. The 2-2-0 ERA, he became the uh, only pitcher in ba- or the leader in baseball in seven innings, no runs, starts, uh, seven innings, multiple strikeouts, like all that stuff. He's just... He's one of the Cy Young contenders. If it weren't for DeGrom, he would be a front runner for the Cy Young. And, and you know, because of DeGrom, he won't be. But just another amazing outing. Like, really, just awesome. The Phillies able to manufacture a run in the second. Sack fly scores. Maton, the third. Then they pour it on, quote-unquote. They score three. All manufactured. An RBI ground out, RBI double. Nick Maton, a big weekend. RBI double there for Maton. And then an RBI infield single for Torres. As they just uh, uh, got those runs and then kind of turtled up, I'll take it. Ten hits, that's a miracle. Ten hits is uh, a lot more than the, the first games, right? Um, but they do uh, are able to squeak out enough runs. Only three walks. You want to see them walk a little bit more. But uh, big day for McCutcheon in the three-hole, three for five, three singles. That was nice to see again. Maton two for three with two runs scored in RBI. Ronald Torres three for four. So really carried by the... Uh, the also-rans, so to speak, but you'll take it where you can get it, right? Whatever it takes to win these games, who cares who's carrying you? In this case, it was the bottom of the order getting the job done. The bullpen wasn't great. Alvarado gives up one run in one inning, and, and Archie Bradley one run in one inning, but I guess Archie does get the save there, technically, so um, they close it out. They win it. They they had to. Had to, had to, had to. Uh, four to two win, but man, they could really use some runs, huh? They could really use an offense that's going to show up a little bit more in these games. Um, as again, you know, uh, uh, this week, you know, the Mar- other than the Marlins, but Cincinnati and San Diego, those teams score runs. Chicago scores runs. The Boston Red Sox, boy, do they score runs. So um, it's a big, a big spot for this Phillies team to really find a way to start to to put some good games together. I know we keep talking about, it. I'm not expecting it, but but that's what has to happen if this season isn't going to just peter out, right? I mean, it has to happen. It has to happen now. Harper being hurt isn't ideal. You want him back soon. Um, but they really need to go on a run heading into the break. And look, they got great pitching this weekend. Again, four starts, one run, like from your starters. That is awesome. That is worthwhile. That is something that you feel good about. You feel like you got a, a real chance to win games when your starters give you that. That is needed. It is necessary. It is important. But, but, you just need to be able to combine all these things. You need your team to play well together. It's the defensive miscues. It's the inability to score runs. All this stuff is just so frustrating. It's what makes this team frustrating. And it's the reason that they're so inconsistent and why they're sitting there at 37 and 40 on the season, three games under, excuse me, 36 and 39 on the season. 
You know, it's why they're there. It's why they're three games under 500. They just can't seem to string them together. As now they are five back of the Mets, uh, tied with the Braves. The Braves have played two more games. The Braves are 37 and 40. The Mets, at, uh, Phillies at 36 and 39. The Mets at 40 and 33 out front. And the Nationals, a game under 500, 37 and 38, been playing great baseball. They're one game in front of the Phillies. So it's the Mets in front, four games up on the Nats, then five up on the Phillies and the Braves. And then the Marlins are nine back in the division. Um, and look, uh, you know, everyone else keeps winning games. The Reds are 500, so a little bit better than the Phillies at 38 and 38. But the Giants are 50 and 27. The Dodgers are 47 and 31. The Padres are 47 and 33. The Brewers are 45 and 33. The Cubs are 42 and 36. You know, like you go through that, that means the wild card's done practically. I mean, it really, that's it. You know, it's, it's down to the uh, winning the division. Like it really is. And they're in the worst division. Thank goodness. But uh, who saw that coming? But they, they got to win games because um, things can slip away in baseball. And that's, that's a concern. All right. Uh, it begins tonight. Again, big one. The makeup game against Cincinnati. Spencer Howard, a little piggyback action tonight. Going up against Wade Miley, who's been pretty good lately for the Reds. Obviously, had the no-hitter earlier in the season. Um, so it's a big one. And then they come home for three against the Marlins. Velasquez versus Trevor Rogers, who's very good. Aaron Nola versus Poteet. And then Eflin against Pablo Lopez, who's also very good before the weekend in San Diego. So we'll look ahead to that way more later in the week. For now, the Reds in front of this Phillies team, they need to handle business. Please. We need a win. We need to get on some sort of roll heading into the break. So fingers crossed. Let's hope for the best. Let's hope they can score some runs. Either way, whatever happens, we'll be back to talk about it tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.